Hello guys, hello and welcome to another episode of Grange TV. We have with us, only, it's only a very, very select few here today. We have with us Mr. Dave the Turncoat Roberts. <laughs> Don't be like that, man. Um, <laughs> fucking... He's left me posted on a few times. But don't, don't listen to him, Dave. But don't this one, this one was no. pretty bad. Um, and we have with us Mr. Robert, the biracial angel Whitaker, Australia and New Zealand's own Mr. Robert Whitaker. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Thanks um, for having me, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, the the count was a bit was a bit rough today, but we're trying some new things out. So I'm, I'm Team Dave. I'm Team Dave. I bet you are Team Dave. <laughs> So we're, we're trying a bunch of new things. We're actually streaming. This is our first time we've streamed. We're streaming live to Twitch as well. So yay for us. <laughs> well, can you explain a little bit about that? Your Twitch channel and yeah, so all the, that the type Twitch of stuff? Channel, uh, I don't know. So yeah, tell us exactly. Twitch is like a platform that, that people can go to to help uh, to, to watch people playing video games and also help them with like subscriptions and, and, and payments so that they can do that full time and entertain people. Uh, we you do a lot of your video games on there. Yes, so I, I stream quite regularly. Elder Scrolls Online, so it's a great game. But um, today, What's, what, 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 Elder Scrolls Online, it's a, it's a, it's an MMO, so massive multiplayer online role playing game. So, yeah, it's an online game. You log on, you see there's hundreds of thousands of other people on, in the in the in the servers, and you just play with them. Usually, what, I play with Pete and, and all those. What fellas. What's the objective of the game? It depends. Like these things are like called sandbox games. So sandbox in, the, in a sense that you can do whatever you want. Like you, you can kind of make your own goals, and that's kind of how you can play the game. So you can you can go on adventures. You can do quests. You can just hang out with your friends. You can build things, and and things like that. That's why they're so appealing to people. It's because you can just do whatever you want. But I don't understand. Like ha ha you have a character, and that character gets stronger. So you you level him up. You kill things. You get stronger. Yeah, you, you kill things. To what purpose? To kill harder things yeah you play those games david um uh not not old school like so like um i think what back playstation 3 i think socom some of those early interaction games but it's it's an, it's next level now yeah like especially especially like the mmo rpgs like they're they're huge like you you have communities guilds of people friends and stuff that all get together and 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 have like they have like events and stuff where they all get together and hang out, but through the game. It's a great way to socialize. Well, is it? It is. It is. Like, I think that's, I think, honestly, I think that's where like, society's shifting. You know, where it's the same. Like, I, I don't get time to see my best mate Pete and, and my best mate Dan and stuff like that. I don't get time to go out of my way and go see them. See that, David? See who his best mate is? Not you. Settle <laughs> down, mate. Not you. Okay, just go issues, man. just for, for reference in case people don't, don't understand why this hostility is t tell me fam, tell me why why is there this feud at the moment because no, you guys I, were tight you I guys were ashcroft yeah ashcroft <laughs> brothers I, I don't have any problem with david i just think, i'm not feeling the love I'm just yeah, saying. i just think someone turns their back on the truth more importantly because that's the side that i'm on because <laughs> oh, a nobody's a nothing I, I think I think that's the problem is that you can't and, handle the truth and last week with the editing of the Mortal Kombat thing where you took flicking the machine on and off that was fucked up too <laughs> I, <laughs> it, it was funny when that happened because you were like nah it still counts and you thought you were winning and then it comes back on and I was winning and you were like no that bullshit 
No, 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 no. But yes, so so the, the Twitch, Rob Whitaker MMA, if you want to jump onto it, that's uh that's the Twitch tag. Uh we're running lot there as well, simultaneously to YouTube. So it's great. Hopefully we, we can get our um get our, our podcast, our viewers out there, get our message across to more platforms. Can you like and subscribe, please, as well to, I don't know, the, the Twitch stuff, but definitely the YouTube stuff. And if you can subscribe to Twitch, you can subscribe to Twitch, yes. can't you? and feel free to turn on notifications so that you know when we're doing these. Awesome. Um, I guess the topic of today's conversation, we're going to talk a little bit about um, your training camp, mm -hmm. uh, how you feel this training camp at this point compared to how you felt to this point, I guess, in the last training camp. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um dave's probably going to ask a lot of those questions facilitated because some of those questions will probably be directed to me as well um but i want to really get your point of view on it yeah as well more more than anything i want to get your point of view on it and um yeah just see how it's going i think probably trying to give people a good insight into i guess what training camp first we don't really have training camps i suppose but what goes into the preparation and and what you feel what as an athlete and what you feel this time compared to last time i suppose um so yeah dave do you have anything you want to kick off with or do you want me to kick off um uh, that was going to be my question what is a training camp <laughs> all right well I, I guess um you know broadly a training camp is a fighter gets gets a fight locked in so like a, a set date and then the camp is usually a period where they they focus their training it's it's usually generally seen as more intense harder so that you 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 get fitter, stronger, smarter, all the way up into the fight, so that you come into your peak form come fight time. I have a question for you. How um how long do you get the bout agreements? Like how uh, much time do you have? It it really is the it, it's it depends. It depends. There are a lot of factors involved with um with when you get a fight uh, agreement, like what sort of fights are happening and and things like that. And then and the factors that, that that play a big role in it is like. Where you are in the rankings, who you're waiting for, or how your opponents are going. Like, like um, when I fought Jacare then Romero, I fought Jacare, and then it was something like six weeks after it, I, I fought Romero straight after. And um, the thing is, like, we, we weren't given a huge notice, but we took the fight because that was a as for the interim belt, we had to do it. It was a time to do it, uh, and they're, they're the sort of factors that play that play in. in in like the time you get your battle agreement. Let's say perfect world, generally you get about twelve weeks out. And usually not not any less than eight, but unless special circumstances. Mm. Okay. Um, and so, how do how do you formulate the the fight camp? Well, for for us in particular, like like our our whole mentality. And, you know, this is your mentality because you've you've kind of structured how we train. Is that the, we we don't do camps. We don't do camps. We we stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And I, I love that mentality, even though. <laughs> I failed it a couple of times, um, but I, I do love that mentality, and that's kind of the direction like we we lead with this sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, and and usually like the the camp part of it is more so like the coaching staff manipulating the training to to capitalize on holes or weaknesses of a particular opponent. You know, so, so like we may start tweaking things. And it's usually you guys are manipul manipulating the training. Like, yeah, you would be better to answer this really in terms of like structuring our camp, if you would. I think the important things are like the first one is if if you can, say you sign, let's make it 12 weeks out, which is three months, right? 
So you do six weeks. You have two say you have two six week blocks or whichever way you want to look at it, three, four week blocks. The <clears throat> the last week, let's say ten days to a week, is really cutting weight, etc. Da da da. And you might be traveling too, so so that depends as well. Like we like to get to wherever we're going at least two weeks beforehand. But so the last six weeks, realistically, which is the period that we're in now, that that time frame is more around making sure that we're hitting our weight targets and that we're um, not getting injured, not getting hurt. That goes for any 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 preparation because realistically, the fitness goals that you make in the fitness gains that you'll make in these last six weeks for an already an incredibly fit person are very very slight very small people feel a lot fitter but that's because you're losing weight you're going to lose from if you're walking around at 96 you're going to get down to 91 92 for a little bit so you're going to feel that you're you know fighting yeah, weight so to speak yeah you feel fight and, and you are you are more um what's the term efficient you know like me and justin lang were talking about this the other day like you, uh, we had craig alexander here ultra marathon runner and freak of a human um we're talking about 100 meter runners those guys don't walk around at race weight year round you know you still get a 100 meter runner that can run sub 10s you know they won't be at the but they have to be at a certain weight to run sub 10s without being at that weight they're still going to run you know very fast you know <laughs> but they won't be running that sub 10 hundred year round you yeah. know there's a, there's a peak but those last six weeks the effects of vo2 max and all, all that are, are re reasonably small you know so if you're not ready by those six weeks you know you those last six weeks i think is more about applying the tactics applying um and this is us the other people are going to say no it's bullshit i think well cool um for us more applying your tactics getting yourself ready understanding how you need to attack etc etc so if you and we can afford to do that because prior to that the whole year you've been in shape you've been competing in wrestling competing in jiu-jitsu and that's the only way to stay ready so that you you can have a longevity in the sport you can have good performances yeah um so with that what are you saying is that that six week period is more the last six the weeks last six weeks is it purely strategy it's, no and it's not purely strategy but it's, it's a lot of strategy a lot of tactics like small small technical tweaks and uh more importantly sustaining your fitness and and all that that you've built up beforehand i think another thing is like like say to take israel adesanya now for, for instance the reality is like i've known about israel for a long time we known about israel for a long time before he signed with the ufc whatever and he was he was, he was a phenomenal fighter to try and worry about israel per se and mimic him you're not going to find another israel to come in for you to to mimic him for you to to deal with so we try and deal with making the best rob possible for for the performance so we're not going to have um you know you're not going to be able to to get israel so you're going to be able to say all right the best thing to do is to work on the things that we see the rob doing what can he do against israel what are his best weapons how are we going to make a situation where he's going to be able to to, to put those best weapons forward yeah. yeah that's kind of how we've always approached fights hey yeah it's like we'll, oh we'll and, just... and we do break down each person as well don't yeah. get me wrong yeah well, we'll just work on us we'll worry <clears> about us we'll make the we'll make sure that we're the best we can be and you know kind of let them worry about it let them adjust there, there are things where 
you know, with each person, you do see idiosyncrasies in each in each person that that you're going to fight, um, and you, you know, you you can also make small changes to try and 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 appease that. But it's very hard for you to to mimic someone like say, say for example, just because you're tall doesn't mean you're going to fight like Israel. Just because you're rangy doesn't mean you're going to fight like Israel. Mm. Doesn't mean you're going to have that that game or. In, in honesty, it's um, the mindset that he's going to have and the mindset you're going to have going into the night. It's very different to a sparring session as well. So yeah. you can get in, yeah, some tall guys and everything. That's very, like, that's, you know, a- anyone can sort of work that out. If you can get some tall guys in, great. But um, more it's about getting ourselves right and being able to, to approach it in, in that way. Hmm. So we briefly spoke before about like watching tape of your opponents and all that sort of stuff. So in terms of like, you know, this period building up to it, how much tape do you watch of a potential fighter or is it still just fully, you're watching more tape on Rob and just trying to find out those little gaps of improvement or is it a combination? That's you. Oh, I guess it's me. Yeah. Um, the tape's been watched. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, so we'll watch all of us, you know, all the other coaches will, Justin and, and Alex in particular, Charlie. Charlie watches a lot. Charlie's a, a Rob's Muay Thai coach. Um, before that was uh, Stu McKinnon, which Stu McKinnon did a lot. As also, what generally happens is we'll watch a lot of different fights um, of both, in this case, Israel and Rob, and start to look at different things that you see. We'd speak with all the other coaches and we start to break down like I said, idiosyncrasies that, that could have happened. But by this stage now, that that's, I mean, was, I'll still look at videos and that, I'll still look at tape, but we, we've kind of formulated what we want and now we're just making sure that we're going over that, that game plan. Um, by this stage, man, like, yeah, like we're just getting ready to fight now. So when, you know, you talk about the team, like for the people, what? I think I spoke to you before. What 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 is the difference between the styles, and then how do you get a good balance with them? Like, so what is Muay Thai as opposed to wrestling or Jiu Jitsu? And you know, like for the people who are not really adverse with MMA, like what what are the different styles that you put into your game, Rob? And why why like what what is Muay Thai? What is karate? Okay, it, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, why like what what are these things? Like, why would you? Why did you pick the the specific disciplines that you have mm. as part of your training regime? Yeah, um, I guess that's that's kind of why mixed martial arts is so so exciting and, and so dynamic. It's because there's there's a lot of different styles being put in, in into one sport, one com- competition, one event, and you know. And, and but why did you pick? Why did you pick the, the the training people that you have? Mm with their particular styles and skill set why would you pick them well and, and this is just my opinion for to, to to be to fight a high level in the ufc you need wrestling jiu-jitsu and striking and you need a you, you need those three obviously those categories are very broad so that if i say striking it's there's very broad there's there's like boxing kickboxing muay thai kung fu and then uh there's multiple different types of kickboxing and multiple different types like it, it just you can the, go on and on and on. Yeah, and, and and that's the same with jujitsu and wrestling. But I think those three categories are, are like the, the big, the big. Uh, they're the staples. Yeah, they're the staples. You need those three to 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 compete at the high level. 
otherwise you're going to find yourself get ex get exposed one day and um that's that's how like <laughs> that's why we do and we train the the way we do is because yeah, ex exactly that you fight you fight someone with like yo romero and you don't wrestle you're going to get taken down and taken advantage of yeah. you know you, you try to strike someone like uriah hall and you don't have any striking ability he's going to knock you out you know same with jujitsu you find like a like Jacare, you do you don't do any jujitsu and you get taken down it's, it's going to be a very short fight even if you do jujitsu it'll probably be a short <laughs> it'll be a horribly long one what's the difference between jujitsu and wrestling like if, if, in terms of building your skill set like um, what's the difference between well you see we more see it as grappling i guess you know like a mixture of, a healthy mixture of both but in terms of like sports sense like jujitsu is generally like ground fighting and um wrestling is, is is you start standing two two big differences for for the late persons is olympic freestyle wrestling uh rewards the takedowns a lot jujitsu does as well but but olympic freestyle wrestling generally rewards that a lot more and in the groundwork on there's no submissions in wrestling so you're not allowed to push you're not allowed to push against a joint and you're not allowed to uh submit like if you choke someone has to be accidental they have to have an army you know whereas in jiu-jitsu you're allowed to choke um in jiu-jitsu you can be on your back and in wrestling you can't these are the these are the very 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 basic differences you know so wrestling has a lot more emphasis because of those rule sets there's a lot more emphasis on the takedown and in trying to get your opponent on their back and keep them there you know which they can't they can only be on the on their back for like one second in olympic freestyle um that's the, the the very very basics now why we do a mixture of them and why you implement both of them in mma is because wrestling is going to be able to dictate whether you have the person standing up or on the ground wrestling is going to help you dictate if you can hold that person down and jiu-jitsu is going to help you with certain positions on the ground and with the ability to finalize the 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 fight with a submission whether it's a joint lock or a choke same thing in, in striking so like what 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 do you classify the difference between say like a kung fu voices muay thai or whatever it's called and then you've got so your boxing is pretty what's the fist and kickboxing is a combination of fists and Legs. so what, what one do you generally lean towards or like when you're looking at a striker you're known more of a striker is that correct <clears throat> yeah and uh you know I, I do i do boxing with justin fitzgerald and i do kickboxing with charlie Baswati. so th those those are my two guys like they're, they're the styles that i employ but um but my my own personal style comes from back when i started karate like all the the different types of striking that i've done to up to today have changed and molded me into my own sort of stand-up game where i because yeah. your background you started as a yeah, karate kid. as a karate guy goju-ru george barunas shout out <laughs> from from always eh? yeah so like how old were you i was six or seven i started karate and i, I went through all the way up until my teenagers and then i, I swapped to jujitsu hapkido and then jujitsu mma and then just then boxing kickboxing and jujitsu wrestling uh so yeah so my my style takes a lot of traits from karate because that's where my my foundations in the striking form is that's why you can see like i bounce a lot i kind of outside fighter sort of thing mm. 
I think another important thing to note is when we're picking the coaches in that, which I honestly believe is one of the areas where I see some teams at fault with. Um, we, we pick the coaches based off people management and the ability for us to work as a team and be congruent. So we don't we don't pick, for example, I need a jiu-jitsu co- I need a jiu-jitsu coach. Any coach will do. No, we like so the head of the grappling program program is Alex. Alex Pride is. So he he will find a coach. We will discuss if if another if we need another coach in, if we need a certain person in or whatever. We're not just going to pick someone just because they're good at jiu-jitsu, but there's no congruency with the rest of the team. So all the guys that we have on the team, they're all guys that we've known each other for a very long time. And um, there is congruency with what we do. Yeah. That's very, very important. I see it in, in other teams like the jiu-jitsu coach doesn't talk with a striking coach. The striking coach has a Muay Thai background, so he doesn't speak to the boxing coach or or they disagree or whatever. So there's got to be... There's got to be an an ability to interchange ideas and an ability to communicate throughout the team. And be flexible. It's very important to be flexible because like like you said, none of my coaches try to force me into a a style or position or or, or role that I'm not comfortable with. They they work around me and then just help me improve what I'm doing. They do little tweaks to make my kicking game stronger whilst keeping my original kicking technique. And they they just touch everything up. You know that's I, I get you know that's a big key to how we've how we've run thing run things so far. So so I've seen you don't stop training. You train, train, train. But how how do you both identify like um, improvements in your skill sets from a coach point of view and the fighter? So like so like what what's that measure? You know what I mean? Like if do you get gold stars if you do this particular thing in a particular way? Like how do you know that you're improving? Can I? Like how to quantify, you know, yeah. real simple. If you think you're, if you think you're, you got good wrestling. Like let's say you haven't got a wrestling background, and you think you're a good wrestler, and you go down to a wrestling tournament where there's some good 17, 18 year old kids, they're gonna roll you. They're gonna roll you pretty easy. If you if you don't have a wrestling, if you don't have a jujitsu background, and you think your your jujitsu is good enough, go into a jujitsu comp. Go do a purple belt jujitsu comp in a gi. And you're going to find out your jiu-jitsu is not that good. If you think your boxing is that good, and you, but you haven't really got a boxing background, put the gloves on, go and spar some good amateurs, just some good amateurs, and you're going to get a reality check. A lot of these guys honestly don't do that. They don't box with boxers. They don't do jiu-jitsu with jiu-jitsu guys, and they don't wrestle with wrestlers. So they think they're better than they are because they're very tough. They're very strong. They're they're good fighters. They can fight. But as far as skill-wise is, when you get in there and you realize like 18-year-old purple belt kid just tapped me five times, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) that's how good I am. Okay, cool. You know, because in the the octagon, maybe no one can tap you, Mm. you know, because it just hasn't played out that way. But once you start doing that, you you, you get a good reality check. So sorry, we... No, that's exactly it. That's uh, that's our whole that's our whole team's mentality. Like we in the off seasons, we compete a lot. We invite some high level guys there. Like trust me, you think you're good at jujitsu, or you think your jujitsu's getting better? Invite Craig Jones down. <laughs> After Craig Jones came to our gym, I stopped training. <laughs> I was just like, no, you know, honestly, who made me not want to train was Sergio Pena. Like 
Like he demotivated me so much. Like <laughs> I was just watching him and I was just thinking like, I don't know anything, man. Anything. Like, it's, it's, um, it's a massive sobering thing. Like skill wise, you don't know anything, but then like, I think from you asking from how do we grow? Like as a, as a coach, like my background is a teacher. And I think teachers are one of the most underrated professions. Um, and unfortunately, the thing with teaching as well, when a teacher gets to about, in Australia anyways, 90 to to $100,000 a year, say if you're, an, if you're an engineer and you've been working in the industry and you're good, you can jump to like 150, 160 in your mid-40s. That's pretty reasonable that that would happen. As a teacher, you kind of, unless you want to go into something that's not teaching, like into like a management role or something different, you're kind of always going to be at that at that level. So what happens with a lot of teachers is, unfortunately, they the good ones end up going into other roles that aren't teaching or leaving and doing private sectors, private sector stuff. So the thing that I was going to say with teaching, being that I'm a teacher, I'm able to identify like skill gaps. I'm able to put learning programs together, and I have access to people that that work in education and work within with how how people learn. You know, so. Um, not just so not just i don't just look at jiu-jitsu people or wrestling guys or fighting guys a lot of the knowledge comes from the education sector because they're the people that do that the same way as jiu-jitsu guys choke people out educators educate so i i have a lot of background with that ability to be able to check my own um my own abilities as a coach and whatnot with what's happening in the combination of skills and the education sector. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess in, in terms of me, finding out what my skill set is, I have a great team. Like they, they never stop training, and uh, and you can see like in the, when we roll and when we when we spar, when we move, when we drill, you can see them getting better. Better the, the gaps closing slowly and slowly and surely, and then like and then when I start to get better, I start to increase that gap a little bit, and then they. They catch up again they catch up again and then it's just like the cat and mouse sort of thing like constantly and um yeah it's it's it, it's great you know having, having those guys that, that train at that level that are, that are at that level what, what i tell you a lot of people won't do is rob goes and competes in wrestling at, in just normal wrestling comps and australia is not known for its great wrestling but it still has decent wrestlers like in at the national level <clears throat> and he'll lose some matches you know what i mean and and that puts you in check. That puts you in check completely. Um, if you if you want to see how good your boxing is and put gloves on and go spar Jaya Patea, you know what I mean, and see how you go, see how you fare. Or your kickboxing, go and spar the McKinnon brothers. Go and do jiu-jitsu with Craig Jones. Go into competitions. Go they, Rob and the other boys went to the Asian Abu Dhabi trials to get more experiences to see where you're at so there's no line in those results you can't you can give him a black belt if you want but you can't just bribe everyone in the comp to lose you know what i mean because we're trying to look after rob's <laughs> ego well that, that, that was my next question is around ego how rob like i'm not trying to put you on the spot but how do you keep an ego in check when you're on this pedestal you're the champ but then you're going to compete in asia or whatever and people are beating you like, is that... Fucking hell, listen, this guy just way to bring it up. Yeah. No, like... The, like no. A said, person beat him. <laughs> no, but like, it, it's fucking tough, man. Like, it could, there has to be some ego in there, like, surely. And um, how do you keep it in check? 
Mm. Um. Well, Fab's one. <laughs> I can just tell you straight. Yeah, you know, it's 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 funny, eh? Because the thing is, like, I don't go to these comps thinking I'm better than everybody else, but it still sucks losing. And when and when I lose, I have to face. I, I don't have to. But I choose to face the harsh realities that, like, man, I haven't been doing the right thing. I haven't been training as hard as I could. I haven't been increasing my skill sets in the in the in the, in the months before. You know, I, I haven't been improving, and that in itself is is very, for me anyway, personally. That's it's it's very hard. It's very hard for me. I I, I um, I I have a depressive personality. So like, uh, when when things like that arise. And I, and I look at myself and I see that I haven't been growing and I'm not doing the right things. I feel behind and uh, I start to get depressed. I start to get depressed and um, it's even hard for me to talk about, really. It's hard for me to talk about. I've never talked about this sort of stuff, but I get depressed and losing and uh, and, and seeing I think how far I've fallen. Clarifying that, though, when you're talking about getting depressed, you actually mean depression. You don't mean I'll get sad when I lose. No, like <laughs> it's sad, but I... No, I, I start to go in like a downward spiral into into what you would call depression because um, when that starts to happen, it's it's hard. It's I feel, and it, the the problem with with the with, with depression is that like you don't you don't see it creeping up on you. You don't notice. You don't you don't all of a sudden be like, well, I feel terrible. I must be going through depression. What starts to happen is it's subtle and it's sneaky and it creeps in, and you just start to. It, it starts slowly, like you just don't want to go out or you just don't feel like training or you don't want to go. Like you'll, your mate will call you and instead of answering, you just be like, mm, I can't bother and you put it down. Or you'll get text messages and you'll be like, and you just don't want to, you can't, you feel like you just can't be bothered replying to text messages. And that's how it starts, you know, and then, then, then you're trying to get out of sessions because one, there's no feeling like, drive taking you there to do it and two because the feeling of going to the session and getting absolutely hammered and feeling like unfulfilled because like it's it's just double backing on itself like you go to the session you don't perform well and then you sit back and you look at yourself and you think like well i'm not performing well because i took all these months off or because i haven't been doing the right things and then you're (laughs) you're double depressed and then you don't want to go to the next session and then like and myself like I, i don't like like I start to really retreat within myself and, and just feel bad. I just feel terrible. I, I feel unmotivated to do things. And uh, it just it just gets worse and worse and worse. And uh, Just from what I know of you as well, just to clarify, it isn't like that doesn't come from the loss. That comes from when you know like you lost because you haven't been training. Because like, I, I think like if you went out there, and I've seen this as well, you've gone out there, trained everything, da, 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 and you just got beat that day. You don't like it. But that doesn't send you into depression. No. It's, yeah, it's exactly Do you want to clarify that a little bit more? Yeah. So, like, everybody loses. I'm very comfortable. Like, <laughs> it's not comfortable to lose. But losing when you've known, when you've, when you know that you've done everything in your power to win is all right. I, I think with you, that. like, Mario Sperry said this to, to us. I think with someone like you, you, you like the fight and the competition more than the win, if that makes sense. Yeah, the like, one is just a result of. Yeah, so so I, I just I just wanted to clarify that it wasn't. It's not like you lose 
uh, jiu-jitsu match that no, you've prepared for and, and, and you fall into depression. That that isn't the case at not all. That's not that. Yeah, and and that's how that's that's how I am. Like I, I um, it's not about. I, for me to feel good, I need to know that everything that I am on the right track, that I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. So all the boxes and ticks, I'm hitting my training, I'm hitting my other businesses, I'm doing everything right, everything's well, I'm spending equal amount of time with my family, my wife, my friends, everything has to be like balanced, really balanced. And if I'm doing that, I'm on top of the world, like like where, truthfully, like where I am right now, I'm on top of the world, I'm the best I've ever seen. People are saying that to me, that I, I haven't said that before, you know, there's the generic, oh, hey, you look great, how you doing? But no, the people that I, I hang around with usually, they're saying, you look great, like things are going well. And uh, that's how I feel now. But um, for instance, like the, the last camp, I was uh, I was in a really, really, really bad place. And um, yeah, when 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 I'm not training, and then getting back to training is hard because I wasn't training and I'm behind. Feeling behind is bad for me. And then like when the training's not well, and and one part of your life is fracturing off and, and starting to come down, everything else starts to come down you know off the back of it that's why like we've spoken about it before having a healthy family life is important for your success in the auction and have a, having a healthy training life is important for your family life it's they all correlate with each other and um so once one thing starts to plummet pretty pretty bad everything was just starting to fall fall apart and can you can you elaborate on what you mean by once one thing starts plummeting so i'll use the last can for I'll use the last camp as a as an example because it's the most relevant, most recent, and and I guess it's a it's a it's a thing I haven't really spoken about to to people, and it's hard for me to speak about it f completely openly, even now because uh, I'm a, I'm a very we've talked about it a lot. I'm very when when I come across things I don't want to talk about, I kind of um, what's the word like withdraw or withdraw. I've done it on the podcast a few times. Apologies, <laughs> but um, it's it's just something like I just withdraw and I don't want to talk to people and I don't want to talk about a certain thing, and I can't I can't verbally tell you I don't want to talk about it because, like, uh, my my mind is kind of not working well. It's like scrambling. It's that's the word. It's scrambling for something to say to make you stop without saying it, you know. And the, I guess the easiest way, like that's why. I think when I was younger, like I used to, I was quick to temper because anger is is the most easily it's a very powerful tool. Yeah, it's the most easily accessible emotion to just withdraw, uh, to to whip out and just cover things, mask things. So um, yeah, last camp was hard because uh, the injury off the Romero, the second Romero fight, I had I had to take some time off because of my hand, and then we had the we had the Ultimate Fighter. We, we were at the ultimate fight house with your hand in a cast yeah so that we we had that huge block of like three three months of just just filming and not much training because my hand and 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 doing and just doing that and not being in my routine and not being able to train properly well i could have trained but it, it was hard because like well you did train we we did train but it wasn't I don't know. It was very. There were a lot of distractions. There were a lot of distractions straight after that fight, and um, and then when we we got back to, and it was hard. It was very hard mentally. It was draining physically, and uh, it was just it was just very hard, very hard. So that when we came back to Australia, I was already like a uh, out of shape. Uh, like I wasn't because I was 
I think because of how hard it was mentally stressing, uh, stressful over there, I was eating so much. I was eating so much. And, um, yeah, and like I was injured. I've, I've, I've never been the best injured fighter, uh, injured trainer. So, like, like, whenever I get injured, like, I've never – I hate not training at 100%. I hate not training, like, hard because of a limiting factor such as a broken hand or a torn ligament. I, I hate not – everyone does – but I, I'm. This is what I'm saying. Like for for my own sake, uh, from my opinion, like I hate training injured. Yeah, it doesn't matter that yeah. other people do it. Yeah. Don't you're, yeah. you're talking about you. Yeah, you're so back. You're so back. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just I hate training injured, and so I never feel like I've trained properly, and that's kind of the start of of, of like how I, I start to feel down because I'm not. I feel like I'm not training properly, and um. Can I say something? I see a, a big thing, and I think something that probably affects you even if you don't realize it. I think a lot of the times people have like, they think they're helping, but they're like, you know what you need to do, mate? You need to get back to training and training's good and you enjoy it. And, you know, when I'm feeling down, I'll go and train. And like, I, I know because I can see it in your face that it's like, <laughs> fuck you. Like, that's not, that's not like, that's not what we're talking about. That I think is, is like, I, I think it's great to hear from you because, Mental health is a problem across the board with all different people. And like people hear that and they go, well, and and I also want to put it in context. That's why I kind of interrupted. When you say, I don't like to train, when he, when Rob says he doesn't train well with a broken hand and this and that, and people are going to say, well, my cousin, he broke his arm and then he didn't matter. He still trained and blah, blah, fucking good. In fairness, Rob trained still with a broken hand, and the guys that were in the house that wanted to train, um, Rob was rolling with them with a broken hand. Um, so he was still doing all of that. And But what you feel is what you feel. Yeah. It's not – It's not. and the, the thing with mental health a lot of times is um, it's a subjective truth, mm. but it's your truth. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly how, how it is. It's like I was still training with the broken hand, but I was – feeling down like because of it and um that was just kind of the the start of a, of a real bad downward spiral before the last camp and then we got back to australia and then i was i was behind in the training we're we're like expectedly behind because of the broken hand because of the distractions because of all that i was behind but then getting back into training behind again and not being out where i wanted to be effect started affecting me mentally again like it just it just doubled up on that it just played a, another factor and I, I was down because i wasn't hitting the goals i wanted to hit and then um you know and then i started and once i, I start to get into that depressive spiral i i don't want to train anymore like i i start to look for excuses not to train i start to look for reasons not to train like i go to Sophia, I was like is anybody in the house sick yeah. <laughs> like, like like i just anything anything not to train like and then, and then, when I'm real bad, like I, I, the idea of leaving my house is beyond anything. Like I, I think of any reason under the sun, not to, not to go, to cancel, to anything, anything. And you, you, you know, because I ring you up with a fucking an excuse that, that like doesn't even make sense. Like Sophia got injured in a horse riding accident. It's like she don't own a horse, nor does Sophia ride. Like, but um. Yeah, and, and, and it's crazy. Like, and the, the thing is, it's not that I hate training. It's that just I can't. That the idea of doing it is just is. It's like when you're full and you see some food and you don't want to eat it because you're not full, but you love that food. 
Like, I love that food, but I just don't want to eat it because I'm full. That's how I felt, like, with, with, with the training and the mindset behind that. And, um, and it, just got, it just got progressively worse, you know, as the, as the fight got put on. And then as a, like, because I was, I was, I was depressed the whole camp, um, I, I, I just couldn't get into a healthy routine. I couldn't get to where I wanted to be. I couldn't get out of it. And then, um, and then I started having the stomach troubles. So I started getting stomach pains and, uh, which was really affecting my health. But every time I got checked and scans, it, it came back clear. Like there was nothing wrong with me. And, um, and then that would affect my training. I'd start missing sessions because I went to hospital the night before or because of this reason or because like the, the pains kept me up all night. And, and like you guys don't know like literally what well, if you through. got scanned yeah and it said there's nothing wrong 100 like, and then you got depression and anxiety that which has a correlation to yeah. to gut problems as well you don't you don't know yeah so like and that's the thing like I, i'm not and then i go to the session and then i'm not performing because like the the doctor said i had gastritis and then then i started then they said you might have um ibs because of the fight and everything and then i changed my diet to fodmap and then i wasn't eating enough and then um then i felt weak and then and then i'm going to these sessions these hard sessions where i should be like coming to the peak of my training like where i'm, I'm like almost ready to fight like four weeks out three weeks out and um and i'm not performing at all like at all and the the scans and the doctors say there's nothing wrong with me like my relationship with my coaches are like your like you you're not where you should be <laughs> no and, and, and in fairness i will say this rob rob is not a lazy trainer he hasn't got a problem with training or anything like that it's absolutely what he's saying in, in, in that sense and in leading into that gastelum fight um probably a few weeks out where we have certain tests where you know today if he does them he'll he'll do really really well and he has done really really well in some of the tests that we've done he was probably i don't know like a like a like a good fit guy you know what i mean not knowing where he would be today no i was and like we we were looking at it like physically and, and mentally like where i am right now like i was gasoline fight fit like two weeks ago yeah which is like ridiculous like, that's the gains you know um so, so when because I, I i get depression so and spiraling is the best word for it because it just it compounds yeah um when you're at that bottom what is it that what triggers you to get back into that zone where you can train again where you can socialize where you can you know not feel like you need to sort of put on like a, a front and not go out um honestly having a strong support circle around you like having people you can talk to and people that are there for you constantly like obviously the and, and, I, and I say this because, like, they don't f fix it. They don't make it – they just make it easier to deal with. Like, and it's it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. But, like, for, for, for me personally, and because everybody has a – like, they're, they're all going through their own things. You know, like, what works for me may not work for you. And, you know, what I'm saying may just seem outlandish to some people. But, um, like, for me, I reach a point where it's, like, do or die almost, where it's, like – okay i'm at, i'm at rock bottom right now and i either i either start again and start 
like start again from the ground up and start building up the foundations again and and just and just throw myself at everything and just and just no matter what no matter what how i feel or how i like what happens i just have to do it i have to keep going i have to keep going and i keep moving and um that's how i kind of get out of it like yeah, but I, you know what's crazy about that is because rock bottom is subjective too because in fairness you could go way lower than where you were yeah 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 way low <laughs> yeah uh yeah i just reach a point where i um i have to start again like in my own mind and i just start building again and i stay i stay i have to stay active i have to stay busy i just i just keep i just do everything it's like when you get like when you get like letters paperwork and you just like you you put it to the side and you say i'll do it later and you put it aside and i'll do it later and then you look back two months later and the pile is this big and then you look at it and you're like, I don't know where to start. Like that's where I'm at. That's a brilliant analogy, I think, with mental health. Because yeah. like, you know the other thing is the, the correlation between the mental health and the physical ability. Because I don't think there's that you can really split physio physiology and psychology the way the way I don't know, Western medicine kind of does, you know. Because what happens as well is let's say your one RM was a hundred kilograms, right? Like your your one rep max was a hundred kilograms. If you take three months off, you can't come back to um, to lift 100 kilos. You're going to be lifting 70. And there's nothing that anyone can do. Nobody can say to you, Rob, try harder. Like, no, that's <laughs> 70 kilos. That's it. But the problem is you have a mandate. You have to be ready yeah. in eight weeks to fight. And Gaslam's not going to give a fuck about none of this. None of this is his problem. He's going to be like, dude, you're depressed. You can't lift. You haven't trained. Your hand's broken. Good for you. I'm gonna try and kill you, and, and so we should. Yeah. So we should. So we should. Um, so I think like that. That's another thing that happens as well because you can't. In fairness, correct me if I'm wrong. Probably two weeks out from the Gaslam fight, things started to turn around psychologically, physiologically. Yeah. Um, but that's hard. Yeah, and, and you know that's that's kind of when it happened. Like where I kind of got out of it was two weeks out from the fight something happened and like a, a switch went off in my head and um yeah i i, I don't know I, I turned a corner with everything and i was like you know what fuck it i am i am ready to fight let's do this which kind of helped me like when and then i got sick <laughs> and then I, then I got sick when but I you got school. sick day of the way like, day, day after the way like day after of the way yeah day of the fight um i went to surgery emergency surgery for for twisted bowel and um but luckily, I had turned the corner like a week beforehand, two weeks beforehand, so that on the back of that, like uh, like I said, that that pile of letters that I saw, and like where do you begin? I was ready. I just said, you know, I'm going to start at the top, start at the top, and just go through it one letter at a time. And um, that's that's how I I, I kind of got to where I am now. Like off the back of that. That, that that surgery I, I just got back into my routine i started hitting the sessions i just i just kept myself busy i kept and i was also kind to myself like i, I realized that like okay la, last camp was bad it was it was it was a dark time let's make sure i keep a maintenance on on everything else make sure everything's balanced and when i start to when when, when events do happen like something happening with uh in the family or or things like that with my parents or whatever that I, I understand that okay it's heavy you know let's 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 evaluate 
like how heavy it is talk to people and um you know and just and just keep keep working keep plugging along keep walking can you can you tell us then what happens like what what you start to feel bad like what what are the how do those how does your relationship with like you ask your coaching staff everyone what what are the effects on that uh it's like when i start to get depressed yeah it's um it's it's weird because like honestly like it's a spiral because it just it just it takes you down but the, the biggest the biggest the scariest thing is honestly is that it's you don't realize it's happening it's subtle it, it creeps into your life and you don't realize you're depressed or how how recluse and withdrawn you are to everybody around you until you're there and no one's talking to you anymore mm. you know a, a lot of people and i i feel hold on one sec sir dave i can hear an echo can you hear an echo no i can hear an echo i can hear i think it's coming from your headphones into the microphone your headphones might be a bit loud you're gonna turn you down yeah all right which one's you better 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 now i can't hear you better yeah echo still there it's still that a little bit lower sorry go on echo there yeah <laughs> um no one's talking to you anymore yeah and you, you don't realize how withdrawn you've become and how depressed like and how 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 far into that whirlpool of depression like you've sunk until like there's no one around you anymore and your relationships are already on the on the cusp of like falling apart and and that's the that's the most terrifying part about it like because you yeah you don't realize it's happening until you're there and uh and, and you know and and it's not even one of those things where it happens once and you're like you know what that was scary but now i know that it's there because it's happened to me multiple times <laughs> and you think you switched on for it and and it still gets you <laughs> but you you've also sort meant uh health uh, help mental health yeah so you, you there are yeah you have you have someone to speak to as well yeah so i i speak i spoke, spoke to uh to tim um he's a great therapist we've had him on the podcast before very smart guy great guy to talk to you and um oh, just it helps it really does help talking about it which is which is you know it's a big part of the reason why i'm even talking about it now because i want to talk about it to one for for myself selfishly i guess like it just to so that i talk about it so that I understand it that little bit better and it just um, so I, I just feel more comfortable with it I guess and secondly is for everyone else out there who suffers from depression like I'm gonna people would look at me on paper and be like what does Rob have to be depressed about I think that's one of the biggest hardest things for you from an identity perspective yeah because if you do a checklist, what do you have to be yeah. like? What do you have to be depressed? He hasn't about? hasn't lost a fight in nine year, nine fights. He's middleweight world champion, like multiple businesses, like like multiple businesses, beautiful family, and and things like that. Like this, and but it, you do, you yeah. Do. But that happens. What a lot of people don't understand is that depression is caused by a chemical imbalance, not by a, a your bank your bank fucking yeah. balance. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like that's not that's not how it works. Um, are you better now? at understanding the warning signs 100 100 100 do you want to talk a little bit on that because i think it's pertinent to the last podcast because the last podcast we had a conversation about yeah it. yeah so like, we don't have to get into the details yet about what occurred but i'm saying if you want to speak about it yeah so like the warning signs after the last podcast like i think a lot of our viewers and subscribers uh 
saw that I wasn't myself or that I f- looked angry. I think some people said I looked like I wanted, I wanted to fight people or fight you. And that's not the, the reason. Like I, I had some I had some family things happen earlier in the day that kind of, it started triggering me into that sort of depression. Like not depression, also like withdrawing into myself where I just want to deal with this and I started to feel down. And, and like I, I mentioned earlier, it's like when I start to feel like that, I don't want to talk to anybody. I it actually started a couple of days earlier, I think, though. Yeah. I think by Monday, when we did the podcast Monday afternoon, you, you're already, you'd already gone through a lot of it. Yeah. But, um, but it, yeah, but then it, uh, stuff happened that morning as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I may go through, discuss it one day or not. Like, um, I'm, I'm working on this. No, no, no. <laughs> Coming out of my shell. But, um, yeah, the, I didn't want to talk to people. I, um, like I wanted to do the podcast. I wanted to to to, to talk to, to to the guys and to yourselves and, and and be a part of the conversation. But I don't know. It, it's it's funny. I I just I didn't like when I was trying to when I was sitting there and listening to you guys talk. I couldn't formulate sentences in my head. I couldn't find like wh- I couldn't work out when I should speak or what I should speak about. And if I really cared, to be honest, like it's like the the care factor. Just left, and because I, I like I'd sit there and I'd think about okay, and then I'd think about my own sentence. I'd respond to whatever you guys are talking about in my head, and then I thought ah, I can't bother. It. <laughs> and I, and it, it like all these conversations have my head, but it translates to this on the for the whole time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like it, that's that's just how it is. And then and you know me very well by this stage, like by now, you know um. So like afterwards we, we we spoke and we were like we were talking because like for, for instance like the Romero Costa fight like when we were talking about that um, in my head because I'm I was withdrawing and I was going through all my own sort of mental issues at the at the at the time like and you were talking about Romero Costa and I just thought like fuck those guys like <laughs> fucking both I don't care like I I don't, I don't fucking I hope they bash each other to death. Like I, I don't care right now. I just want to. I just want to go home. I want to go see my kids. <laughs> yeah. I want to see my kids. Like I, yeah. Like I just that's that's kind of like that level of apathy and just like yeah. It's 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 weird, mate. It's weird. And it's not something like you can't snap out of it. <laughs> you can't. You can't just make yourself feel better. No. Like and and I think a lot of people who who start to feel like this, one they mask it. So they mask it with either staying busy or drinking or doing drugs or or going out and, and sleeping with women. Like they mask it with 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 activities and substances that, that that force a chemical change in you. That force a chemical difference and emotion in you. That re-triggers the depression as well. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It comes back afterwards yeah, twice as yeah. strong. Yeah, when when you have time, well, you're, you're deeper. Yeah, I don't have depression, but I've had real bad anxiety because I sit kind of on the polar. My personality, I suppose, sits like on a on a kind of polar opposite to Rob's. And um, when I have but when I have anxiety, people go like, "Oh, you need to relax." And I look at them and I think, "Like, dude, I'm about to stick a fucking bottle up your ass, man. Just <laughs> fuck yourself. Tell me to relax again, you piece of shit." Yeah. You know, like it's it's um. Yeah. You can't you can't just snap and out of it. That's the thing. It's like like when I I say like 
if I were to talk to people and say, like, I'm feeling down, they're like, you can just hang out with your kids. Go hang out with your kids. Hang out with your beautiful babies. You've got beautiful kids. And I go home, and yes, I have beautiful kids, but I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at them, and I'm just tired. And the only thing I want to do is go have a nap. <laughs> like, I just want to go nap. But, uh, but then I feel bad for not spending time with my kids. And then I'm caught in that, like, I really, really want a nap. But then I'll feel double, like I'll feel twice as bad for not hanging out with my kids. Or I will nap. <laughs> It'll win. I will nap. And then I'll wake up feeling worse because I didn't spend time with my kids. It's, uh, yeah, it's like um, depression and dep like de depressive, like mental health. Like it, it's real. And you just got to, you have to be aware. You have to seek help. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like me, me being having a depressive nature and being getting depressed and, and suffering from depression sometimes, it doesn't make me less of the world champ. <laughs> no, I think no, another thing, still... I think another thing, Rob, is like when you look at people, for me anyways, especially, especially after how bad I got that, that my episodes, like how they were bad, man. And uh, after that though, you have like a, a fucking x-ray vision. You know what I mean? People... You see people that are masking it, but you see their insecurities. You see, you see that fuck, man. You're not, you're not on top of the world, man. You, yeah. You're pretending to be, but you're not. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think that 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 it puts it in perspective too. You know what I mean? Like for, for yourself, um, Dave. So with, with this, just to bring it back into training camp, like how often do you and Rob have these reality checks? conversations because it's so easy like it, this conversation started around ego and making sure your ego is in check but then knowing selfish when, prick <laughs> but, but then knowing when to pull back because these are not simple conversations so like you know like obviously you got to provide advice and for that from your angle and then rob you got to receive it but how, how do you engage and how, how do you keep that because there's obviously great relationship between you to have that those conversations to begin with but how, how do you know when all right, I need to give Rob space or, hey, that's going to break a bottle and stick it up someone's ass. How do I know to give him that space? Because it, it, these are together yeah. and the whole team's together. Like it's, it's hard to not get on each other's nerves and know when you're going through these phases. I, I guess that, that just stems from like who you surround yourself with. And um, like, like you said, like me and Fab, we've been working for, with each other for a long time now. And it, when I say a long time, it's not like 25 years. It's probably six years. It's been about six years. But the difference is that like, especially earlier in the career, we were spending legitimately eight to 10 hours a day together. Yeah. Like we'd hop in a car and we'd head to the sessions and we'd be together all day. And um, like, yeah, you end up like really knowing a person after you spend that amount of time with someone. Another thing is like, say when you have business partners, like, Alex's business partner, Rob and I are business partners, the three of us are business partners. Um, there's work we do with you as business partners as well. You you start to get, th there's also a certain amount of intimacy that's involved in that. Like, you know how much each other earns, you know, like you have shared bank accounts, you have like when you have businesses together and whatnot. So you, you do, you start to really, you start to really get to know each other. If you, if you want to know someone, start dealing with money with them mm. and, you share a find, bank account. Yeah, share a bank account. <laughs> start to get to know each other. Like, yeah. you, you'll, you'll get to know people yeah. real quick. Another thing that comes back to, like I said, Dave, was like um, having that teaching background, having that people management background where, um, you know, as teachers, you might spend 
however many hours, say 10 hours in a day with teachers like teaching in the same classroom, spending time in the staff room, dealing with the head teachers, dealing with the, the, the faculty and whatnot. And um, you learn to as well, like, you know, you learn to, to exist within that ecosystem and uh, put processes in place that don't allow for it to, to get to that point. So say, for example, on Monday, last Monday, I noticed straight away during the podcast, like I noticed it straight away that, that like I knew because Rob and I had spoken earlier, but then in the podcast, I knew like, okay, now nah, we're, we're getting to a point where this is not, it's not healthy no more. And I could tell that more than like, if, if you didn't know him that well, you know what I mean? And I knew that that had to be addressed there and then. Um, I think the other thing with all our team, we all do communicate. Like, they'll, you know, for sure I'll have to call some of the boys. Um, they got fights coming up. They might be looking, they might have a small injury or something. But there's no point trying to have like a, a deep and meaningful conversation with someone that you have no rapport with. You have to have that rapport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you, and that rapport can't be fabricated. And I think that's something that when we pick that coaching staff, all the coaching staff do legitimately have that. And more so, it's not based on fight abilities because the last thing I need to worry about is whether Rob or Jacob or Izzy or David or any of them can fight because they can all fight. We need to make sure that their mental health is good, that their skills, that they're hitting their skill sessions, but also where they are in their mind, you know, that's the most important thing. Because if your mental health's not good or it's waning or you're not feeling good or whatever, it could be just something as simple as, because uh, Jacob does, he teaches at one of the gyms for us. He teaches jiu-jitsu at Gracie Smith and Grange. Um, him and Izzy, actually, they're both going to teach at Gracie Atarman as well. But it might be just as simple as just having a talk with them and understanding that, oh, hold on, they're teaching too many hours. And you could just take some of those hours off and, you know, that, but maybe they didn't want to talk to you because they didn't want to let you down, you know, and then you're like, no, 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 we can get someone else to teach our class. I thought you wanted to teach it. And he's like, no, fuck that. I don't want to teach our class, you know, and that's, that's all the conversation had to be. But if you don't have the rapport and you can't have that conversation, it just starts to think. And another thing, I think another big one is, um, not i don't i don't know. have to have the have the right in your team to have disagreements and to have heated discussions to have arguments if if as long as they're constructive you know what i mean you don't want a, a sterile environment where people there is no flow of emotional flow of words because if, if that occurs yeah okay on on a spreadsheet you don't have any problems but in reality you don't know the person you're dealing with so you can't how do you how do you you can't interact with that person, you know what I mean? So I think that that's important. And I think that we have a pretty like um, open door policy, mm. so, so to speak. I think that that's important. And not that open door policy bullshit that you hear in the offices. We go, we have an open door policy. We give a fuck if your mum's dying. Here you go. No, not that one, you know? Um, yeah. Bro, with yeah. that, like, um, do, you, do you ever feel like you're letting your coaches down during camp? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. Like, like when, when, like last camp, when, when I was feeling depressed and and uh, and not hitting my own personal markers, I know I'm not hitting my, my coach's personal markers or my coach's standards, and um, yeah, it's, you just, I just start to, I just feel, start to feel like trash, yeah. and I think of myself as trash, and like, I just, I just don't, 
I just don't think I'm that that good, and it just it just spirals down. So, so with that, with your team, like you, your your team's very tight knit. Mm. Do, do you rely heavily on them and their motivation to sort of keep you at that peak performance? No, no, not really. My um, in terms of like what Jacob and Izzy and all those guys, when you see them pushing themselves, even though they're having a bad day, does that that does that is that a trigger for you to say, oh, I can get through it? No, it's not. If anything, it's like it's a deterrent for me. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a demotivator. I don't know why. Like I'm just messed up like that. <laughs> yeah. But um, but no, I I get more depressed when I see all the boys pushing hard and I'm feeling down yeah. and I'm not hitting my targets and. And I don't feel like that. Like I get, I get way worse. I don't, I don't, I don't know why that is. Um, I no intellectually, I can see why that is because they're they're experiencing something that I want. Yeah. You know, we were just saying, Fab, that like when um when I when we see like when I see like Izzy and Jacob and all those like motivated, they're hitting their sessions and going. Does that motivate me to keep going? And it's the exact opposite. Like I, I get. I get more depressed seeing them all pushing and feeling motivated because I don't feel like that. And I start to think that maybe I should be. And then I'm not hitting the targets that I want to hit. And I'm not hitting the coaches' targets that I want to hit. And um, no, it, it's it's not a motivator. It's a demotivator for me. Like when I'm going through the, the depression. But like when, when I'm good though and I'm on and all the boxes are ticked, I'm right up there with them. I, I think motivation is a lack of motivation is a symptom of depression i don't think it's a cause of depression do you know what i mean so i think like generally rob doesn't lack motivation nor do any of the boys but i think when when it hits you like say, say again i can't speak on depression but i can speak on on having like the bad anxiety when when i had that and people go hey man you should go and do jujitsu it makes me feel really good and i think good for fucking you that it makes you feel good yeah. you know where's the fucking bottle you know what i mean because it's not that's not how i feel right now i don't feel like doing jujitsu i don't feel like doing that and then there there are the other thing that people i don't think understand with any sort of mental health thing because there isn't uh there isn't a separation with the physiology yeah. right so when you're depressed when you're when you have high anxiety panic attacks etc there is a direct physiological correlation to your body you know what i mean so so for example um you lose strength physically you lose strength your body's not acting in that way like with the relationship with adrenaline and cortisol is completely different to how it is if you don't have if you're not going through that mental health problem you know so so it's not a question of just like snap out of it get motivated look at these guys go like you physically not being able to do it and it's it's a it's a long slow process back up being like it's hard to label like so the the head coach so during, i'm not the head coach yeah though. i know that's a lot yeah. whatever the label is like really you have a how, how big is the team you you stand a team there's what five we, we have like full time we have justin langick so physiologist yeah. justin fitzgerald boxing coach charlie's a muay thai coach yeah. um alex is the head grappling coach yeah and then there's myself. Yep. And then you got Izzy, you got Jacob. The, Dave. We've got, yeah, we got so Izzy, Jacob, David, and Rob are the the guys that are at the at the, the, yep. the older guys that are that are fighting competitively and professionally. Jacob and Izzy are very close to signing with the UFC. Yep. So, so, so to make a successful camp, 
all those guys are going to be on, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like you said, like if, if you know, if, if you're sparring with someone and they're not on or, you know, if one of the coaches are feeling down, how, how do you look at, like, in terms of purely as a, as a camp and as a, as a highly functioning team, what are the key elements that you think that for, for this camp to work, what, 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 what why, how, how do you keep everyone not feeling like they're not, like not tr- contributing to the best that they can? I think it comes down to people management as well. I said, look, I think I answered it before in the, in the, in the fact that I think you have to have honest, real rapport with each person. And like for me, that might, that not might mean, that means that I probably have with each one of those people on average, probably doesn't sound like a lot, but probably half hour conversation every day. So with each one of those guys. And then also you've got to understand, we also have the manager, Titus is a manager, Adnan's our accountant, and we have certain key sponsors that have a lot of say. Then we've got like auxiliary business partners like yourself and other guys that, that work on the podcast with us and work on different things. So I generally have about a 20 or 30 minute conversation with each one of those people a day. Um, that's my job in, in the team, more than skills-based stuff and that. That doesn't sound like a lot, but we just rattled off, I don't know, seven or eight people. Yeah, You have a half hour conversation with each one of those people I don't know, I'm shit at maths. It's probably three hours of, of conversations there. Boom, gone. You know what I mean? Um, and I can't then come back because th- this is, I think, people don't understand that. And my, I, when, when I was working for TAFE, people don't understand that with the networks. They go, oh, you just know that guy. And I think, yeah, but I make a point to know that person. You know, and you're not, but people don't understand the value in that. So I can't just come and have a conversation with, one of the with a boxing coach if i haven't been having that conversation every day do you know what i mean and sometimes you have to have conversations with people that they're not going to like yeah. you know and i'm the one that generally has to have that conversation but luckily it's not that bad because you have that rapport you know yeah. so it's it, it's more than anything it's that the people management so when you got the full camp sorry one more thing yeah, dave okay. sorry one more thing the other thing for us is embedded in all of that a business there are business enterprises that, that have occurred, you know what I mean? So we have gyms that we have together. We have, um, you know, educational programs that we've launched. There's a, there's a lot of other things that that, that that are in play there. It's not just can you do it armbar, you know? So what, what, what now, like in the lead up to the next fight, what, what, is, what is training looking like for you guys? Like... Yeah, so like it's like the the, tr- the hard training, the hard found fu- like fundamental foundation building training has been done. Like like the fitness is there, the strength is there, the skills are there. We're now we're just we're just fine tuning everything to 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 and sustaining the strength. Still getting stronger, still hitting strength goals. Like trying to get fitter, <clears throat> but the fitness is there. But we're trying to why not try to get fitter and just fine tune all all the the strategies and tactics involved in in this fight in October. You know, and getting there and feeling it 100%. For me, like, that last fight that he would have had with Gastelum, I I was still confident in Rob's abilities because, in fairness, he's trained his whole life, da-da-da-da-da. But Gastelum's not someone he could take lightly, and nor did we take him lightly. But I didn't feel that Rob was his best, and that would have, like, I know it would have ate him up, and it would have ate me up too if, if it had he have lost. Um. <laughs> But this fight, like, we are under no, 
no illusions of how good Adesanya is, but Rob's prepared. And win, lose, or draw, we can take that. You know what I mean? Um, even if he had won, honestly, if Rob had won the last fight with Gaston, it, it probably still wouldn't have been good for our team because um, I know that he hadn't hit those targets. And it, you don't know if that would have said to Rob, well, this is okay, this is good enough to be like, it could have caused a different rift, who knows? Um, with Adesanya, whatever happens in that fight, we're cool because obviously we want to win. You know, ticked all the boxes. Yeah, you've done everything you can do, and then whatever happens, happens. And that's how I feel. Like, uh, if I tick all the boxes, like, it doesn't bother me. I'm going to go in there, I'm going to do my best, and if I don't win that one, I'll win the next one. Yeah. And if I don't win that one, I'll win the next one. Like, as long as, as long as I'm ticking all the boxes, doing everything I can, like, inside, outside the octagon, with the business partners, like, at home, with the family, as long as I'm doing it all right, like, I'm on top of the world. Like, the... Like cloud nine is how I feel. It's with it's when everything is 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 balanced and flowing well. So so how important is it for you and the whole camp to have other things that motivate you besides the fight? So like because obviously if Izzy was your wife for the next what well, well how long was it like three three four months? You'll go psycho. So how how important is it to that's that's just the the game. But like is what's the other parts? For both of you, it's like, it, it, you know what I mean? Like, because you see a lot of comments around, oh, he lives in your head or, you know what I mean? Those sort of statements where obviously, and you've said it before, you don't think about it. Mm. Like, how important is that into in, in, in this sort of scenario where you don't let that be everything that, every conversation I have with you guys is not about fighting. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's like that. I've, I've mentioned it a bunch of times in interviews and stuff that it's, Fighting is just a small part of life. Like it's a small part. Obviously, it's a large part, but it, it in 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 like the grand scheme of things, it's only a small part of everything I do. Like I, I I do my sessions, I do my training, but then I go home. I spend time with my kids. I play my video games. I hang out. Like I, I talk to my friends. We work on our businesses. You know, it's like it's only a small part. There's there's a lot more to every to. To, to life than just the fight and just Israel. Yeah. For me, like, man, I, I'm, I'm not fighting, so it's different. But to be honest with you, I don't have, like, if they'd said you're not fighting Israel to Rob, you're fighting. I, I mean, and I mean this as a general term. I don't want to get misquoted because if they changed it all on us completely, I'd be like, well, no, we're not going to fight a jiu-jitsu specialist. We've been training to fight. A long kickboxer you know what i mean we're not gonna fight a short nuggety jiu-jitsu guy no you know but having said that even then we'll probably say yes fuck having said that because um it won't really change like it really isn't about israel it's about rob yeah um honestly if if israel wasn't fighting rob if israel wasn't fighting rob i wish him the best like i've always been a fan i've always liked watching him fight i i always I knew he was going to get signed with the UFC, so but but it's not about him. It's just solely about Rob, and then solely about our team. So the motive, it's not really the motive. That's not the motivating factor. The motivating factor is just doing the best we can do day in day out. And this is one of the business ventures, and it happens to be fighting. That's that's the, the reality. Because yeah. I think there's probably a misconception that all you guys ever do is talk about fights and the whole camp. 
is about fighting, but it's a bit deeper than that, isn't it? Like, it's not, your whole life isn't talking about, every conversation you have isn't about strategies or fighting, it's about life. No, that, would, that would do my head in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think, honestly, you'd be, if, if people were around us, you'd be surprised that the, the conversations about fighting are, are reasonably minimal. You know what I mean? Reasonably minimal. I, I read a book, a really good book called Sapiens, for anyone that, that wants to forget the author's name, but um, it's a very, very good book. And one of the things that it says, the, the, the thing that um, allowed us to evolve was the size of our brains and our ability to communicate with language. And one of those things is gossip. You know, it's the ability to talk and decipher stuff and blah, blah. So most of the day, even for us, it's like talking about, I don't know, people at the shops, people at the gym, just normal conversations that anyone can have. That's why we pick people to be part of the team based on their ability to be normal. To be, to, to, yeah, to interact with us. Yeah. Not, not necessarily, yeah, not necessarily on the fighting ability. Like, like that, that's, I, I mean, obviously, that's all within reason. If you're going to be part of the inner group that fights, you've got to be able to fight. And you know, otherwise, no, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> Um, did you have any more questions or? No, no. All right, I was just going to ask you, what do you think of Till moving up to fight Gaston? Uh, you said that. Age. Hold on, I want to say this. Some degenerate is going to write. How long has been podcast been going for? An hour? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they're going to say one one hour and three minutes. Fight talk starts. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the podcast is not all about fighting. Did they say that before? Oh, so there's oh, always some always. person <laughs> that his sister beat him up. He, you know, growing up. Um, <laughs> one hour three minutes. Fight yeah. talk starts. Yeah, like the whole. Yeah. Why'd you listen to it the whole fucking time? <laughs> right. But guys and girls, that's what happens when you make out with your sister. So, <laughs> so Till versus Gastelum. What do you think? Um, you you called Till moving up. You oh, called I, Till moving up ages ago. Ages ago, yeah. Um, Which is fucking huge. So it doesn't make me Nostradamus or anything. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm I'm very interested in that fight. I you know I think Gaslam is a great fighter. You know I, I think he's a great fighter. I think he's a hard fight for anyone. Uh, you know I, I want to say we saw Till get taken down against Woodley and handled on the ground, but. Till got taken down after he ate the the mother of all hands from Woodley, so maybe maybe not, you know. And he's and and, and Till has fought some 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 wrestlers before and kept it standing. Um, again, we're looking at a ranging fighter, a long fighter, tall fighter, going up against Gaslam, a shorter fighter, stockier fighter. Over three rounds, it'd be going to be three rounds. You know, I'd have to lean towards Gaslam because Gaslam did really well against Adesanya. In the in, in in their fight, the first three rounds. First four, really. First four rounds. He lost um, two and three, in my opinion. I, I think, um, yeah, I would have to lean towards towards Gastelum. But then, I don't know. Till. How do you think the knockout will affect him? Till. Yeah, because that was a bad knockout by Masvidal. Uh, yeah, it's 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 hard to say. Like, obviously, he's going to be playing on him. Because before you get knocked out and before you get stopped like that or dropped or anything, you feel, you feel invincible. You fight differently. Um, we're going to have to wait and see, see how he comes back from that. I, he's still a young fighter. Like, I, I don't see it affecting him too much. So, um, but, but then, you know, I think, I think Gaslam's very strong at the moment. I think he's a very strong pick at the moment. For me, I, I have to say, 
I don't know because I don't know how people like going up into a weight going up a weight division like like yourself. You can, I think what you've done, no one else has done. Like I actually think that no one. I'm pretty sure that no one has ever gone up a weight division, remained undefeated for I don't know a bunch of fights and won the title. People have gone up and challenged for the title and won the title, but no one's ever gone up a weight division, remained undefeated, and won the title. I, I, I don't think so. I could be wrong. Please, if share it in the comments if I'm wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying that that's a fact. I just think that that's a case. Um, so it could be a case of that happens with Till. He comes up and just goes on a fucking tear. Mm. Or it could be the fact that he was a lot bigger than everyone else at welterweight, and and that was a big advantage. Yeah. I don't know. Or he could come in massive at middleweight and just be full of strength and full of beans and and I don't know. Um, and just dwarf Gaslam. But Gaslam, man, like. I, I I have to I have to say the same thing with you. Like he's a very very good fighter. He's yeah. He's someone that that's not. I, I don't know. I'm I'm actually very very interested in that. I'm interested more because I I guess the enigma here for me and the unknown is Darren Till. Gastelum we know Gastelum's yeah. very good. Gastelum's all that he is. Yeah. Gastelum's gonna bring it. Yeah. So I I don't know. I don't know how Till's gonna look at middleweight. Well, I imagine he's gonna look massive, and um. But, but Gaslam has dealt with big, strong strikers, big, strong wrestlers. He's dealt with everyone at middleweight. He knows it. So I have to lean towards Gaslam. Mm. That's me. Um, Dave? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just talking about Poirier and Khabib. Yeah, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I'm always pumped to watch Khabib fight. It's very... The way Khabib has been fighting in his style and the way the things he's done, like you'd have to lean towards him. Like he, he looks very, very, very unbeatable at the moment, and that's just how I feel. Like everything, like and that's no disrespect to Poria. I think Poria is a great fighter. I think his fight with Holloway was was amazing. I think he's come a long way since he started, uh, since he like he, he started fighting in the, the UFC and moving up in that upper echelon of, of, of when he moved up to lightweight i think that was when the big difference occurred for him yeah because he's just got so, so much whack now <laughs> you know uh, but like i said like you'd have to lean towards kabib he's the favorite he just looks unbeatable at the moment he does he looks unbeatable and uh yeah like th that's it he just looks unbeatable with his skill set he 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 knows how to avoid getting hurt standing and and the threat of the takedown and being held down and mauled is always there you know how in the past when people haven't slowed down you see him i don't know if struggling with the takedown is, is the word but because poria is always fit and he does get like he might get taken down but he, he looks to me as being very fit and very physically strong um, do you think that can pose a problem for Khabib? It's, <clears throat> I, the thing, I, I don't see it. I, I can't see it. The, because e even those fights, he's, he's had more trouble getting people down and holding them down. He still has. Like, I just, I, I just find him, I just see, honestly, it's, it's hard for me to even picture him losing. Because he just he's so good at what he does and he's so clever at what he does. And he's so effective at it. And um 
Yeah, I, it's it's hard. It really is very hard to picture a, a fight he loses. Unless he just gets clipped or something. Unless he gets clipped, and then that's like that's like when Ronda got knocked out by Holly. It was like the whole world was upset, like crazy, out of the world, out of the blue, and like that's how it'll be with I think with with Khabib. It'll be like he'll get if he gets clipped and he's done like that, then the world will go crazy. But barring that, then I don't see him losing. I really don't. Who have you got in a fight with Jones versus Mircic? You know, I, I'd have to. I think that there'd be a factor on on how Jones looks going moving up, but I I'd have to lean towards Jones. I think I think stylistically and skill set wise, Jones just has a much bigger arsenal and much bigger skill set than Miocic. Like um, yeah, I think because I don't think Miocic should be able to take him down and hold him down. I think Jones is better there. I think Jones is phenomenally better striking wise. Um, yeah. Like, How do you see Jones with Ngannou? The 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 Jones I saw fight Santos ringside. I can't see losing. I can't what, see why losing. is that? What made you say that? Because a lot of people have been heavily critical of Jones against Santos. Mm. What is it that you saw ringside? <laughs> I saw Jones get hit with the hammer of all fists, like like hit. Like it looked like he got hit with a, by a, by a small car. Like it's like clean, flush, chin. The sweat blew off his face, and Jones didn't care. He didn't care. Didn't even shake it off. Didn't need to. Kept walking him down, and Jones didn't even decide. He he chose not to use employ any of his other skill sets. He didn't have to. Like he he just was happy just piecing him up and striking like him. He he couldn't be hurt by a dude that is a very heavy hitter in the division, very heavy hitter in the division, and um. And just pieced him up. I think Santos is, is underrated in that regard. Like if people don't really understand. Like if he hits you, he hurts you. Oh, he's he's got he's got. I can't even. Miss, I'm, I'm lost for words. He's got he's got concrete in his hands. Like, but like I said, I said it before in a, in a different podcast. I remember we were in Vegas for might have been your fight with Romero. I don't know which mm. fight it was, but um, or your fight with Natal. It might have been. But anyways, we were, and I was in the lift, and he got in the lift. And I, I didn't know who it was because he was fighting a middleweight, yeah. and I, I was expecting someone smaller for mm. middleweight. I didn't put two and two together. It took me a couple of seconds, then I realized who it was. I wasn't like completely lost. But he's a lot bigger than people think. And at, at light heavyweight, he'd he packed serious whack. And I saw the kicks he was throwing. I saw the punches he was landing, and nothing phased Jones. Nothing. Didn't Didn't – didn't deter him in the least. Like, didn't affect him mentally. Didn't affect him physically. He just kept doing his thing, and that's like, and that's without threatening takedowns or anything. Like, I just don't see that Jones losing. I, I see it very hard because technically he's honestly in like the light heavy heavyweight division. I don't see him technically um, outclassed by anyone across the board, and uh, and physically, like from what I saw, like from ringside. I can't see him losing. Okay. You missed that. David, that's us then, eh? That's us. Yeah. But but wait, there's more. But we have to go to the GAP oh, program. that's right, we are. Guys, signing off. One more week as the Mortal Kombat champion. Fabricio with Dave. No, Rob, I won last week. You can't do that. Come Dave, on, who won? 
Dave, who won? Dave, who won? I can't fucking remember. Dave, who won? Dave, who won? Dave, who won? Guys, go back and watch last week's yeah, episode. Yeah, go back and watch last week's. Comments who won. You know who won. You know who won. Even guys. as shattered as I was, I still beat you. Thank you very much, guys. Take care. Thanks, guys. Peace out.